Hello and welcome to the Turtle Tracks Podcast. This is your host, Brian Van Hooker, and I'm here with Woodrow White, the lead character designer on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Um, Woodrow, thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate talking to you. Yeah, my pleasure. So I guess to get started, I would love to hear if uh, any sort of background you had with Ninja Turtles prior to were you, uh, uh, Mutant Mayhem. Were you a fan or anything like that? I would love to hear about all that stuff. Uh, I remember uh, enjoying the Turtles when I was a very young kid. Um, you know, I would watch the movies. I had uh, I have like faint memories of the the Henson films, uh, and uh, you know, I, I think I had a couple Turtles toys, uh, but I wasn't too entrenched in the Turtles lore before joining this uh, picture. Okay. And how did you end up getting uh, ending up on this movie? Uh, Jeff Bro, our director, uh, reached out to me, uh, a few years ago. Um, uh, he was looking for a, uh, some artists to work on, a Mutant Mayhem. And, uh, this was, uh, August, 2020. So the middle of the pandemic and, uh, I got the email and, and, uh, you know, I, I had moved to LA with hopes of finding work in animation and, and when when Jeff reached out, I was like, "This is it. This is this is my uh, this is my time to shine." <laughs> so, I I said yes uh, because it's it sounded like an awesome job. I mean, I I am very familiar with like, you know, the toys and and the comics and all of that good stuff um, uh, from from like. Uh, from a bit of a distance, uh, like I like I said, I'm not I wasn't like the biggest Turtles fan before, but like I always appreciated the uh, gross out qualities of you know the mutants and and uh, the just the absurdity of the entire uh, franchise uh, really appealed to me. I'm curious, what like when you joined early on? Do you know, like, did the movie know what it was yet? Like, did it know what direction it was going in or any of that? No, no, we had no, we had no idea. It was just complete blue sky. Mm. Uh, I, I, in fact, was uh, like, if not the first, one of the first hires on the entire project. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, or at least the first artist. Um, and it was just Jeff and I talking, like, you know, uh, texting back and forth. Like, uh, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Like, just doing, like, quick little sketches. Uh, he had me do some, like, paintings of the turtles, like, hanging out in New York City, just to, like, kind of get a vibe. And when he saw those paintings, uh, he was immediately like, yes, this is this is what our movie should look like. So I kind of laid the sort of, like, uh, basic visual groundwork initially mm -hmm. for the film. Um, uh you know, of course, of course, uh, the other the other crew that came along they they added so much to it as well. Uh, but uh, I think Jeff was really attracted to how loose and uh, sketchy uh, my paintings were. How did you find the like? I, I I don't know how to define it, but I think the thing that I've seen a few times is it's it's more like concept. The finished pro is it, more like concept art than. Uh, a finished product which i think adds such a like a dynamic totally different look to it um uh, is that a fair comparison to say is that is that accurate you think oh absolutely yes uh this is uh 
you know, a very rare production where, you know, our, us concept artists, uh, our, us viz dev artists, we, uh, we are, our, our vision is honored, uh, hmm. as, as, as artists, um, Jeff, you know, Jeff would, would always say things like, this is how it's going to look in the film. And he was true to his word, like, like so much of our work on this movie uh, made it to the big screen, which is just like a VizDev artist's dream. Like you, you look at other, uh, other animated films, which, you know, range from incredible to middling. And even the great ones have concept art that look, you know, slightly different from the uh, finished product. Sure. And, and, uh, you know, it's not always a bad thing, but like, sometimes you, you look at, you look at these art books and you, you wonder like, what if, what if the film looked like this? Like, Oh, I kind of like this better than how this character turned out and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, with this, I feel like, uh, the stuff we made, my, uh, coworkers and I, like it, it's pretty much almost a one-to-one translation. That's so cool because there's so many times because I love those kinds of books. There's so many times where I look at the concept art and I'm like, oh, this is so much more interesting than the polish that we got, you know? Absolutely. Yes. So it's cool to see that like kind of like because a lot of people compare it to Spider-Verse. I, I don't I, I don't doubt that um that it, I mean Spider-Verse looks excellent. Um but there is a, a a certain polish to that, and it's very pays a lot of homage to Kirby and all those things. Like with this, like it seemed like they reached a certain point where like this is something there is something truly unique about this film, and it, it's it like it, it's it's nothing like I've ever seen before. And it's cool because Turtles is such an art art driven franchise that it makes a ton of sense for these characters too. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no, it's it's like. Uh, there are so many amazing artists out there and I feel like, uh, you know, studios are finally, uh, you know, giving people, giving uh, directors and filmmakers the chance to make films that fully embrace their artists work hmm. uh, rather than like try to curb it or make it more like, you know, quote unquote audience friendly. Yeah. There's plenty of these characters that are kind of like delightfully kind of, gross or like rough and like Baxter looks so strange in a great way. Like there's so much cool stuff about this movie that I feel like could have easily been polished out if you gave it X number more rounds of doing this. So it's, it's cool. So cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for sure. One thing I'm curious about is when you, so like early on, how did I know that you were only early on with the turtles um, but like, how did these turtles find their way? Like, was there any other influences from other brands of turtles? Um, or like other influences from the turtles we got? Well, well, um, like I said, I was a lead character designer. However, uh, the four turtles themselves, I would say, uh, much of that, much of the glory goes to, um, Maxi Mary, another, uh, biz dev artist on our team who kind of laid the foundations for the uh, finished turtles you see in the film. He, he did these amazing renditions of the turtles that like really, you know, I feel like really like uh, what that really won us over. 
And uh, Yashar Kasai, our production designer, also uh, had a turn on them as well. So it was like uh, the turtles themselves were like an all hands on deck sort of mm. situation. I did some sketches of the turtles uh, at the beginning, back when it was just Jeff and I, and he was like, quick, like, what do the turtles look like? And I am, look, I am so glad they did not go with my designs because they were, uh, they were pretty freakish because I, I was still, I was still trying to figure out, you know, what this whole film looks like. And I, I did these like very like um, off kilter uh, freakish looking renditions and um, yeah, like, like in the finish, the finished turtles themselves, I think you can kind of see my shape language a little bit um, from those drawings uh but like i said the turtles uh a lot of a lot of people uh had their hand with them had a lot of people pitched in and helped sculpt them to what they are now uh yeah i you know i i hope it's not too in the weeds but i would love to hear like like as far as like the shape language goes like what were you going for with each turtle like what was the thoughts or reasoning behind them thoughts or reasoning behind them well um at the very beginning when i was just talking to jeff and it was just like idea world i was mentioning how you know i would love to see uh the turtles uh just be teenagers you know <laughs> embrace the teenage aspect like um uh seth and evan were aiming for and i i i wanted that to i want that to be reflected in their appearance um so i i want them not to be quite as uh, roided or bulky sure. as previous turtles uh kind of awkward and gangly uh we had some like really uh skinny turtles at the beginning and uh, I think we we reached a really good midpoint where they're like not too, they're not too scrawny, but they're not too like um, Arnold Schwarzenegger bodybuilder. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just just making them extremely awkward looking. That was that was like at the top of my list. Oh, that's cool. I'm I'm guessing some turtles more than others. Like like Leo looks pretty. Like, I feel like, it, for whatever reason, Leo, with certain iterations, he ends up being the most perfect-looking turtle. And I feel like this is kind of the case with this one, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, you were saying earlier about, like, uh, a lot of the other characters uh, looking like they hadn't gone through, like, multiple passes and kind of, like, were a much more immediate versions of uh, my uh, sketches. The turtles themselves, like, uh, I feel like is a different story where, like, we were we were constantly fine-tuning them you know they're gonna be on all the all the merchandise and like posters and stuff like that so we we wanted them we wanted them to look good but we also didn't want them to lose uh the uh you know a high school drawing energy hmm. of the film so we wanted to reach a good balancing point where they were uh they had mass appeal but like they also uh looked a little weird and i think we did I, a good job with that yeah oh yeah and I, like i there's a part in the movie where superfly like rips the like first meets the turtles and he remarks on how adorable they are and there's a great mix <laughs> of like adorable there's a little bit of grossness like I, I i like the the kind of like asymmetry to a lot of the artwork which i love 
Uh, yeah. Um, I agree. Uh, sorry, what was the question? Uh, I don't know what the question was, to be honest. <laughs> I was remarking on like the fact that I think you guys found a really cool balance where it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. yeah. Like there's there's a cute digestible part of it, but it doesn't. But the world is very kind of rough and strange, and they still fit into that world a nice way. Like I, I, I think I was just. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. That. That's how it, it was a nice balance of that for the, for the turtles. Yeah. Side. Yeah, if you look closer at the turtles, they do have like some strange edges to them, and they're a little blocky. Um, and I, I, I think that's like you can you can even see that in, um, you know, a lot of the uh, toys and and all that. Now, moving on to some of the other ones, uh, I think I read I saw. So, you're, by the way, people should visit your Instagram, Woodrow underscore White, because it's got tons of cool art from earlier stages, um, and it's I, I, I'm I am loving this. Um, but I guess to start, you did you do Bebop and Rock City first, or were they the first after the Turtles? Like, when did they come in? Because I know you did them really early on, right? Yes, I did them uh, really, really early on. Uh... I was probably uh, doing uh, turtle sketches around the same time, but Bebop and Rocksteady were the first two characters we really cemented, like uh, like finalized. But I, I, those were two uh, one take characters where like I, I did a sketch of them, I uh, like the art you see on my Instagram, and Jeff saw those and was like, amazing, perfect, like this is exactly how they're going to look, and I myself like. You know, I just met Jeff recently and, uh, you know, I wasn't I wasn't sure if he meant that, but uh, he's a man of his word. And uh, what you see on the screen is exactly how I imagine them looking. What I mean, how did you find this Bebop and Rocksteady? Is there any influences that we're not seeing? Like, where did they come from? Because I, I Bebop and Rocksteady are my favorite turtle characters and I love these takes. They're great. Oh, thank you. Yes, I, uh, you know, Bebop and Rocksteady are so iconic, as are the Turtles. And there are some characters you you kind of want to, like, not mess too much with. Uh, you want to keep what makes them iconic. Uh, with Bebop and Rocksteady, uh, that's, a, that's a great example of that, where, like, I, I knew I wanted to keep their outfits the same. I could play with I could play with their proportions, but like I wanted them to be instantly familiar, um, recognizable. And uh, you know, uh, with Bebop, I I wanted him to be a little tubby. I think I guess I, I guess you could say Michael Bay's uh, Bebop kind of influenced that a little bit. Sure. Uh, uh, you know, I I don't love those films, but like no, but you know, there, there's great in those i don't like those movies yeah like yeah those two are they nailed those two characters they're excellent there yeah yeah that um I, I i really like how those two turned out in that film uh but uh you know and then like with his snout i i wanted a little something different like i was i was constantly like trying to like avoid doing the predictable on mm -hmm. this film and kind of like you know having like having one instinct and then like checking that instinct and then like deciding to like go the other direction and so instead of like a normally squished face like bebop has i wanted to give him like a long snout i was inspired by uh like ancient greek pottery like the the like paintings of boars on the oh, side of cool. uh 
Greek pottery, they have these like long snouts with mohawks. And so like, I, I took a little bit of like ancient art as inspiration for that. Uh, with uh, Rocksteady, uh, I, I love the character of Rocksteady, but I was always a little frustrated by how small his head was because he's like a mutant rhino. Sure. And I was like, this guy should have like a big honking nose, <laughs> like like I uh, nose like 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 horn. Um, he should have a huge horn, and uh, you know, to demonstrate his just like incredible ramming strength. And uh, so I just I gave him this humongous head, and and Jeff Jeff loved that, so we kept it in. I don't know if you know this, the very first Rocksteady toy, not what they ended up making. The early, earliest sculpt was this thing with this massive head. Um, and when I saw yours, I was like, oh, that feels to me like that very first unproduced Rocksteady thing. Because it was like, yeah, Rocksteady does seem like he should have a bigger head than he does. Like, it's disproportionately small sometimes, so... Oh, I don't. I don't think I've seen that, and that's 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 funny. I haven't seen it because I I went. I actually went to um uh, uh the Varner collection to check out uh his like old prototypes of all the toys, and I I didn't catch that one. But uh, sent it to you. Yeah, I think I think the, I'm fairly certain the guys at Varner did it. There was one other house that did some of those sculpts. Oh man, I'll have to. I'll send it to you. Um, but. It, I wasn't sure if it, like I said, I wasn't, I, I didn't, I didn't know if it was pulling from that or not. It just like nicely reminded me of that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You have this huge skull on, 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 on Rocksteady, which I think is awesome. Yeah. That's so funny. I should check that out. Um, the, uh, what was going to ask you too? The, um, oh, the, the stuffed animals of these, by the way, I, I saw that you posted about them and I was so excited to find them. I, I, because it was such like you never saw those characters put into plush form before, so I, I was really excited to find those. I thought that was like the coolest representation of your toys, of your designs. Oh yeah, I I was blown away by those. Like I'm, when I saw those, I was immediately like, I I need them, and they're they're on my couch right now, actually. <laughs> so great. Yeah, I have them uh, upstairs. Uh, but there, I was so thrilled with how like I don't know they 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 fit that medium really well, almost better than the toys did because the toys I felt like it, they didn't capture his head quite right. Uh on the toys to me but like the plush felt like oh these feel like the guys they're just like simultaneously cute and gross which i i, I just love so yeah they might be my favorite piece of merch actually it's pretty cool like that's a like the, the we've seen a thousand turtle plushes but like the bebop and rock city plush is just a ton of fun um let me see here. What do I want to? Going on to, I mean, who else do we want to talk about next? Mondo Gecko. I, I just sent you that uh, that Rock City, by the way. Um, but yeah, there's this giant head on him, which immediately made me think of of your of that when I saw yours, and I was thrilled by the. Design. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they get it. They get it. They yeah. know what I mean. Giant head. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, like that's his number one weapon. Like it would, like it. Yeah, I, I, I can definitely see why you're like frustrated by how small his skull was before. And this <laughs> thing on Bebop, we never saw that before, but it still felt like felt like a bold choice. But it was like, oh, that still seems super cool for Bebop. Like I liked, like he honored, like it honored certain things, like the glasses, the mohawk, and then took these other cool changes. Oh, by the way, the tattoo is that mom upside down or is it wow i'm curious it, it's just wow i just thought it looks cool 
Okay, cool. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was like done in error. Like he just Oh uh, no, no. I mean like I mean like I, I, I think I was maybe like a little inspired by um the twenty twelve TMNT. I was doing research on the characters and like uh Bebop would say like wow to the wow a few times in that version. Oh yeah. Like that was one of his catch yeah, JB Smooth would say wow to the wow. And I just, I was like, oh, maybe I'll just like sneak in this wow on his chest. And it, it just kind of made the cut. Like I said, like I, I did one take of Bebop and Rocksteady. And Jeff was just like, perfect. Don't change a thing. Like, like we're going to, we're going to roll with this. So, like, um, you know, you had to be careful what you showed Jeff because like he would, he would fall in love with like, you know, some things. <laughs> And that's what I loved about him as a director was that he would see something I was not too excited about, but he would see the potential in it and the beauty oh, in cool. it. And before I did, and then uh, he would, he would take it. He wouldn't let me like tinker with it anymore. And uh, he was right. He was right about uh, all the choices he made. I love the inclusion of Bebop's mutton chops too, by the way, which was a oh, yeah. in some of the comics. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's, it felt cool. Like that was a nice thing to add. Um, I guess move on to, yeah, let's move on to Mondo. How did Mondo find his way? Cause you had some other kind of like a bunch of different colors works on him. He had a bunch of different looks before he found the Mondo that we see, which I think is wonderful. Like how did he grow and evolve? Ah, uh, Mondo. Well, I was, I was, uh, I was doing a lot of different versions of Mondo as like kind of like this uh, skater dude, and none of them were like, you know, sticking out to me. Um, a lot of them felt like kind of dated, kind of like you know, a little too like, um, you know, you know, like that. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Steve Buscemi in a community meme. You know, him with the skateboard oh, yeah, going yeah, like, yeah. Uh -huh. "How do you do, fellow kids?" It, it, it felt too much like that. That's and, a great uh, analogy. Yeah. That's yeah. Like... <laughs> like um, and, really hard oh, to beat him. Yeah. 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 And it, it felt too much like the 80s, which, you know, is like a large part of the Turtles is is, is that they're very 1980s. But like I, I wanted him to feel a little more relevant and kind of, but also a little dated at the same time. So like I, I made him much more of a like 2000s era uh, Mondo Gecko, like with the puffy orange vest and bleach tips. Uh, I was I was inspired a lot by uh, rave culture, especially like rave culture of the like early 2000s. Oh, nice! Uh, kind of like like Candy Kid fashion. Uh, I was listening to a lot of uh, techno, you know well uh on turtles and like i just thought it'd be funny like what if what if mondo was like this raver um and it kind of it kind of you know the raver is kind of similar to the surfer or skater they got this real you know go with the flow kind of attitude like very mm -hmm. loving and and kind of empty-headed and but you know you, you just you just love them so uh that was my take on mondo and then like as for the color I thought green was a little too similar to the turtles. I wondered that. Yeah, sure. I I I had I had color like I uh I had color at the like, you know, top of my I had color in the front of my mind when it came to like designing every character. I wanted to make sure every character stuck out and didn't blend too much with another character and um 
So I decided to make them blue because I was looking at uh, toke geckos, which are like these blue geckos with orange, uh, like orange bumps on them. And I just thought they looked so cool and unique. And also like there's an older version of Mondo from I think the 2012 series. He's yellow, but he has a shirt that says toke on it. Yeah, that was a 2012 show. Yep. Yeah, which I found interesting. I, I I realized that after I finalized the Mondo design, but like, I I just loved how like psychedelic uh, the Toke Gecko looked. It was a cool choice. Like, it was a cool change up because it still definitely feels like Mondo. But he does like he, especially when you're like introducing them all over again. Like the color change is nice, so it's not like all you don't want a bunch of green characters. Like even Genghis, there was a good like yeah it's like a sickly yellow like like yeah. brownish green yeah by the way on your mondo drawings i think on all of them there's this mutagen thing on the neck can i ask what that is oh yeah that was from an earlier earlier version of the scripts okay um i don't know how much i can go into that uh oh, <laughs> but, but uh but uh yeah he he had to wear a he had to wear a collar with mutagen on it Oh, cool. That's that's if that's all you can say. That's I certainly understand. That's fine. Uh, Ray Fillet. Let's talk about him. Ray Fillet. Yeah, <laughs> Ray Fillet um, was really fun. That was another character I like. I think I drew once, and Jeff was like, "Awesome! Like, let's put it in." Uh, as opposed to like someone like Mondo, which you know took a number of tries. Sure. Uh, but uh, Ray Ray was really fun. Fun. Um, I I was not quite in as in love with uh, Ray Fillet, the character before mm-hmm. as I was with like Bebop and Rocksteady, for instance. Um, so I I really wanted to I really wanted to change him. I wanted to make him more menacing. Like you you look at the original Ray Fillet action figure, and he's kind of like he kind of looks like a superhero or something. Yeah, his costume especially is very superhero-y. Absolutely, yeah. He's very superhero-y, and I and he needed to be a little menacing. He he, had, he needed to have a darker edge, and so that one I was a complete rehaul. Where I was just like I, I, I want to, I want to completely alter uh, the look of Ray Fillet, and I wanted to keep him a manta ray though, which was important. Sure. Uh, you know, my instinct would be to go to uh, Stingray. But I wanted to challenge myself because the stingray is so easy. They've got the face already. Sure. It's like you know. Uh, but uh, but I wanted to keep him manta ray. So and I wanted him to keep those like you know those little like jaw protrusions that he has, um, which were at the top of his head in the original Ray play. But I wanted to, I wanted oh, to bring yeah. it back down to the mouth. And uh, I made him a uh, kind of like salty sort of like uh navy seal commando so <laughs> oh, he's got yeah, those I like that, but that's so cool you're totally right I yeah love... yeah i was thinking of like an arnold schwarzenegger or jean-claude van damme type sure and his name ray fillet it's such a salty salty sea uh salty sailor name you know what i mean like sure, yeah like like uh fillet i think of a uh, five finger fillet you know and like you you know the the knife game where you're like oh yeah 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 mm-hmm. you know you're playing with a knife and you're like you, you there's a risk of you know cutting your finger off with the knife um so I give him a I give him a scary knife 
So that was kind of like a reference to the knife game. Oh, nice. And, uh, you know, he's, he's missing an eye. Um, and he's wearing a, uh, he's wearing a scuba diver, uh, mask on the other eye. Detail on, on rightful. Yeah. Cool mask. It's so, it's so funny. And (laughs) I love it. Yeah. He's, he, you know, he's, he's, he's a big guy. So like, like one, one human sized scuba mask only fits one eye of his. And, uh, like I said, I, I drastically changed the character of Ray Filet, but I wanted to keep a little bit of the um, the uh, colors from Ray, the original Ray, as I did with a lot of characters. I think that's what um, has tapped into so many people's subconscious and realized like who these characters are, no matter how different they look. Is that I I was constantly eye dropping on Photoshop, like the color palettes of oh, all these toys. And using the colors in places you wouldn't expect, like the yellow of Ray Filet's scuba mask comes from the yellow of his his the original Ray Filet's outfit. Oh, that's awesome! Sure, and, yeah. and they're the they're the same shade of like aqua blue as well. Oh, that's awesome! I love that. Yeah, his his skin's his skin tone is the same. Uh, so like, uh, I feel like color is such a powerful tool, and it and it can. It can, uh, you know, it can awaken, you know, so many memories and uh, things in people. Yeah, keeping it going with the uh, the bad guys. How about um um, um Leatherhead? Leatherhead, <laughs> Leatherhead was really fun. Um, I've mentioned this before in interviews, but like I was trying to avoid like a uh, a killer croc look for okay. Leatherhead, which is like, you know, um a very Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles style villain in the Batman universe. He's this, you know, gator man who lives in the sewers of Gotham. And I, I wanted a different take where like, I wanted our, I wanted our Leatherhead as opposed to Killer Croc be like more animal, more animalistic, more, more beast, like a less humanoid. And so I, I drew this alligator standing upright with a shotgun and it just made me laugh. <laughs> I um I think the closer to animal you get with a lot of these characters, the more funny it is for them to be doing human things rather than a more humanoid animal. Oh true, yeah. Doing human things like like a uh like a, a dog a dog, you know, if you can imagine like your dog like you know talking on the phone. That's hilarious, but like a cartoon dog with like human esque arms and human esque legs talking on the phone, it's not it's not quite as funny. Like, absolutely, we we love seeing animals do human like things. It's 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 funny. <laughs> One thing I'm curious about is, at, do you know at what point or um, when uh, like some of the characters swapped um, genders? Because like I I think like I, I'm sure some fans are up in arms about it. I, I have no idea. Um, but like turtles is such a male heavy genre that I was like, I to me it was a welcome change. I was like, okay, yeah, changing some of these characters to female make a ton of sense to me because like if you look at the original line of toys, you have April and then seven thousand male characters. So I think like it was a welcome change. But I'm curious if you remember or when or why or who was chosen as to be a to switch things up. Oh uh, well, I didn't. I never. Uh... I didn't really have a lot of um, like intentions when it came to the gender of each character designing sure. them. 
especially like you know when you're working on a film so early in production you know like anyone could be cast so you know like with uh wingnut and um leatherhead uh you know i i, I was I, I didn't have the intent of them being male or female mm. i i was just into them like you know being uh resembling their their uh, animal origins um for for wingnut is there any influences there that you can point to wingnut uh, let me think um not really wingnut was uh, um it was uh kind of like a me and uh another visit of our artist uh dustin darno you know that was kind of a collaboration between us like he he had done a lot of versions of the wingnut and i took a version of his and kind of like tinkered with it a little bit but uh you know i i had i had some like i had some goals for wingnut i wanted i wanted her to have big ears like really big bad ears i have like an interesting profile and uh, i wanted i wanted to give her uh cybernetic arms uh as opposed to cybernetic wings sure. uh <laughs> So she's got like a double set of arms because you know her real arms are on the wings. Yeah, and she has these like these these extra arms. Uh, so like yeah, keeping like the cyborg influence of the original wingnut, but kind of like giving it a new spin. Yeah, I recognize that. I thought that was cool because usually uh, wingnuts had mechanical wings of some sort. So I think the shift was very cool. The um, what about uh um. Uh, a scumbug who by the way i love scumbug and splinter <laughs> funniest like i i just love it everything about that is hilarious to me so is there anything that went into scumbug that comes to mind oh scumbug so i i was not too familiar with scumbug when they uh, assigned uh me to designing our scumbug and sure. i took a look at the character and i was like uh, of the original scumbug and i was like this is this is fantastic like i don't want to mess with this too much and so, like, if you if you look at the original Scumbug, I, th I think uh, uh, his his head uh, is very similar. Uh, but uh, with our Scumbug, we wanted to lean even more into the bug territory. So, so she's got like you know pincers for hands, and she's got this big lumpy body, kind of like this sort of like abomination. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Like it, she's she's kind of supposed to be a cockroach, but she's like, you know, it's a very odd looking cockroach. I think she's a lot less defined when it comes to uh, the other animals in the film. You're like, well, what? Is, what is this bug? Like, <laughs> what is sure. this mystery mystery bug mutant? Uh, she's all purple and magenta, and she's got bug eyes and an exposed brain. Like, what's up with that? uh scumbug i will say that is an exception to the gender thing because she was always going to be female oh really uh, Interesting. yes poster, yes early poster says as himself I, I that was a marketing that was that was a marketing uh mistake yeah oh wow yeah That's... so we were always we were always uh leaning into like a more uh feminine scumbug um and uh you know i was giving her like <laughs> I was giving her like bow ties and stuff like that, which we all thought was like a little too much. But uh, you know, she's she's always had the lashes, the uh, the big eyelashes. And, oh, that's uh, great! I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the final touch, which I 
uh, that was really fun was like the little bits of fabric on top of her, which are like, they have this like eighties Memphis pattern. Yeah, I I love that, and also it seemed to me like almost like a like a like a nightgown mumu kind of thing to it. Yeah, exact, exactly, exactly. Like, <laughs> that she chose to wear, like, because you think like she was transformed into a mutant, or like she didn't become a human that became a mutant. So this mutant made the decision to wear these clothes, which is very like the logic of it is hilarious if you break it down. So. Our logic was kind of like you know like they put a mumu or something on her and then she like ripped it up or something. <laughs> uh, what about Genghis? Cause he was a bold choice too. Oh yeah. yeah Genghis. Uh, Genghis went through a lot of different versions and uh, we just, we had this instinct just to make him really cute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, there, there was, I did a buff Genghis. I did kind of like a, a taller Genghis and they wanted to see a more like, cutesy Genghis instead and I was really influenced by uh uh pixie frogs it's like this African bullfrog oh okay I don't know that uh uh, uh yeah they're 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 a uh, very they're they're very big frogs and um I saw one at a, uh, rep, a reptile uh convention and I was like that that's our Genghis right there that's cool <laughs> What about uh Superfly? Like, what I mean, for a character that was new, like, how, how, was there any, like, I mean, I, I obviously he's a character related to Baxter. Was there anything being drawn from Baxter's mutant form for for that, or was it a fresh palette? Like, how did Superfly find his way? Well, I think this has been uh, talked about already. I think like Jeff has already mentioned this before in interviews, but like you know, uh, Baxter what's originally going to be uh, a, a giant fly. Mm. Uh, like like in, in the original series, oh, uh, he was... Okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah, so uh, that was that was a big change in the story, uh, was that uh, Baxter was going to be the villain and uh, eventually become, you know, uh, Baxter, Baxter Flyman. <laughs> and... Uh, we we had a we had a major shakeup where uh instead you know superfly is now uh the son of baxter and so when i first designed superfly i had the uh intent to make a mutated baxter stockman mm. which is like why you might have seen my concept art with uh the the uh the torn clothes yeah, that's actually where the toy ended up. I guess at that at that point, yeah. playmates got it because that's what's on the toy too. Yeah, and that that's that's when we were still that's when we were still like uh, figuring things out about uh, Superfly, and uh, yeah, uh, I was inspired a lot by Japanese monster designs. Okay. Um, uh, I wanted him to look really badass and scary, and uh, yeah, like I. I want I wanted to give him a very unique uh, texture. Like you can see these veins running along his carapace skin, which I've never seen before in a character. Like I I wanted to give him a kind of like iridescent shine, like you might see on an actual fly. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, I I I'm I don't know if you know, would know or can share, but do you know why the change was made? Uh. 
I, I can't say the original intent because I, I'm not one of the writers, but like, uh, you know, um, I, I, I actually, I, I really enjoyed the change and I oh, thought it was too. an interesting yeah. shakeup. It's weird. Like I felt like Baxter's influence on Superfly was like, it was cool because it's almost like he had a greater impact, right? Like he set this sort of like this traumatic moment kind of gave these principles to Superfly. And yes. Like more interesting to me. Also, too, like there was a like the what the mutagen does in every universe is like different or whatever. So like in this world, it only can change animals into mutants, not humans in the, at least so far, right? Like it can't turn humans into mutants, which I think is an interesting take. Like so I thought yeah. like it seemed to streamline the mutant process of it, if that makes sense. Um, okay. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Definitely. Um, There's certainly some things yeah, too, like a they oh, kind of, oh, no, no, like like, no, like no, no, Superfly's hair, for example, still looks like Baxter's hair, even in the movie. Yeah, I I I like that they kept that in. It was kind of like a like father like son sort of yeah. dichotomy. Such a great character too. Like I think like the fact that they didn't use Shredder, I thought was super smart. Like. The, this yeah yeah definitely really like set his own tone he kind of in, in a lot of ways i feel like ice cube sets the tone for the movie in a lot of ways like he doesn't sound like a marvel villain or anything like that he's just really his own thing and I absolutely he's a ton of fun in that movie and he's so great what about um what about uh, uh splinter splinter oh splinter was really fun um like the turtles we had a um we had a, our own vision for splinter from the very beginning which was we wanted to make him uh incredibly father-like hmm. and uh protective of his sons and we wanted to emphasize the dad aspect of splinter uh this, the very like sort of embarrassing awkward dad <laughs> i love that yeah uh, very sweet character and- Oh yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I, I did a lot of research and I, you know, just looking at photos, old photographs of like, you know, 70s dads and mm. and stuff like that, uh, with you know, big glasses and you know, just like just like, you know, really, really doing my research on like the dad archetype. Sure. Uh you know, uh Jeff Lebowski from the Big Lebowski, Jeff Bridges. That was that was a big influence. Just like oh, no the kind of like lacquer, you know, uh, sweatpants, robe situation. Uh, yeah, uh, we. I, I wanted him to be very world weary, kind of uh, a little haggard, as opposed to like very like clean and sage like like he has been in the past. Sure. I I really I really wanted the audience to get that he was this kind of um, mangy rat man who lives in the sewers. Sure, yeah. He um the uh and he still has his like kick-ass moment in the movie too, which is super cool. Oh yeah, which is such a great payoff because uh, yeah. up until then we kind of like see him as this more meek and. Uh, kind of homebody splinter but uh as it turns out like our splinter can you know kick ass as well 
Did you have any hand in designing Young Splinter? I did. Yes, I I helped with the uh, hairdo. Is that a, is that was that a nod to Eastman's old hair? Like, oh uh, no, no. Because a lot of people uh, were like, oh, it's Eastman back in the day. No, it's, that that was a coincidence. That was the old young Eastman, old Laird stuff. Like that's all a coincidence. Like we we were just looking at like eighties dads, especially like young Jackie Chan. We like he had a he had a mullet at some point, and so we we just thought the idea of like Splinter with a mullet would be really funny. I love that. Uh, is there any other major characters that you had a hand? Oh, I guess Baxter. Is there, if you if you wanted to talk about Baxter at all, yeah, Baxter. Baxter was really tough to crack because he went through so many different versions in our scripts, and uh, you know, like he was going to be in the movie more. Uh, he was going to be the he was going to be the big villain, and uh, it took like <laughs> at least like fifty different drawings. Oh wow! To like to crack to crack Baxter for me, <laughs> uh, and that was just because there's like so many story changes, like what he was going to be like, what what his intentions were, how clean he was, how disheveled he was. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm really happy with this with the uh, Baxter we landed on. He's really like interesting and dynamic, and like 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 there's like weird uneven things about him, like his one finger is smaller and his face is strange uh-huh. like, the cool like like the the kind of isolation he the character feels you're like oh i totally get it as soon as you see him so oh yeah absolutely i i wanted to, i wanted him to be very unique and um i didn't want to i didn't want to lean too much into the kooky scientist territory i i wanted to do things with that sort of um uh type of character that hadn't been done before like like the big bushy beard and like the uh the, like he he, he kind of has a mullet but like he's balding at the top like That's stuff like that like there's like a homeliness to him that i think is is definitely not like like it's easy to kind of lean into the mad scientist territory with him so going in another direction i think is much more interesting oh absolutely and also like there's a bit of sweetness too in in the final yeah. character which uh i thought uh Giancarlo Esposito did uh, masterfully. Speaking of which, I mean, these characters designed well before, I guess, anybody was. Ca- well, I mean, did you? Let me ask you: Did you know Bebop was going to be Seth Seth Rogen even when you drew him? Or not? No, that was all up in the air. That was all up in the air. Who were you most excited about or surprised by that they got for these characters? Uh Jackie Chan. That was that was a pretty big get. I was Such pretty blown away by that. <laughs> uh. Yeah, no, um, and then um Io was was a was a fantastic choice. Um uh, I think she's such a great actress and uh we we were we were having a hard time finding a voice for for April, and that was just like I, I think just the perfect choice for that. Uh Ice Cube was really exciting for Superfly as well, and John Cena's Rocksteady. That was that was pretty funny because I just I just had just gone to Vegas to see uh uh wrestling. Um <laughs> and I, I I got to see uh John Cena wrestle and I was like like coming back from that and then like like a couple months later hearing that he was cast was really funny. Oh that's super cool. 
you know, I think I covered most of the characters I wanted to point out. Is there anybody else who that you wanted to highlight and you thought was really like to talk about the struggles of, of putting them together? Utram Utram was a was difficult for oh, sure. sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm really happy with how she turned out, but uh we we um we spent a, we spent a while on her, but um, uh, she went through a, d- a lot of different versions as well. But uh, like, I'm I'm really happy with how how uh, you know the final Utram looks. Uh, yeah, I uh, like let me think. Character suggests, like it, it it like leaves a lot of room for what a sequel could be. But yes. you didn't you didn't bog yourself down with how much of that we need to tease now? Like we don't know there's an alien in her chest, but I mean. There is right. There's got to be. So, like, I love the fact. Uh, no that, comments. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, like, I, I'm glad that you guys didn't bog yourself down in promises for the sequel because, like, I kind of love like, oh, there's a Shredder thing they can do this here. There's this Utron thing they can do that there. I wondered if Shredder's Neutron, like the old, like there's a show that did that. So, like, there's lots of cool ways you guys can go with it. And I felt like at no point did you guys weigh yourself down with what do we tease next. Like, it just felt like let's focus on this movie and exploring this world. And I love that. So. I even wondered yeah. back life. So like, there's that too. Like I was like, uh, there's a lot of people wondering if Baxter's going to come back. So there's like lots of cool ways you guys can go with it. And not only that too, like I think the sequel sets up like a world that's been never explored. Like the turtles are known now they're in school. Like the status quo is not like, let's just reset the movie back to zero after we beat Superfly. It's, this is a new world for the turtles and like I'm, I'm excited as a fan, I'm excited to see new territory kind of explored. So. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, I, I love the uh, groundwork we've laid uh, for potential sequels. You know, I think I'm all set here. The last thing I want to ask you is the same thing I asked everybody is who's your favorite turtle and, and why? Uh, Donatello. Oh yeah. How come? Yeah, uh, he loves he he's really into movies and pop culture, and you know, I, I at that age I was like you know a big a big media media head. Uh, <laughs> I um, I like that he uh, he can he he's like he can improvise. I like that Donatello can improvise with a a stick. Yeah, it, it reminds me of uh you know what art is like you know to have like a to have these tools at your disposal but like uh it's it it it, like like the stick depends on how you use it just like how a pencil depends on how you use it oh i like that that's cool you know i think i'm all set here man let me just say like as a as a as a fan it's it's like this movie's great and like I've got getting such a kick out of checking out your artwork on here. It's super fun. So uh if anybody's not already following you, uh Woodrow White, uh, Woodrow underscore white, but it's just like it's so cool that I love seeing how this how this stuff evolves. Oh, there's a book coming too, right? Isn't there art up? There's a book coming in a couple months, yeah. Oh man, I have to get that. Right. So yeah, I, I anyway, I, I love looking at this stuff. It's so cool. And I love I don't know, the reason why I want to talk to guys like you, I talk to um as many artists as I can get a hold of for this. Um it's just because I, I just really love digging into the work you guys have done. So thanks so much for doing this. Oh, thank you. Yes, I'm so glad to hear uh, all the positive feedback from the fans. It sounds like, uh, you know, we've uh, really done them justice. Oh, yeah, definitely. So 
Thanks again, man. I appreciate talking yeah. to you. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. I drink till I'm drunk, yeah. smoke till I'm high, yeah. castle on the hill, wake up in the sky, you can't tell me I ain't fly, you can't tell me I, ain't fly. I know I'm super fly, I know, I know I'm super fly, the ladies love luxury, that's why they all fuck with me, out here with the moves, like I invented smooth, you can't tell me I ain't fly, you can't tell me I ain't fly, I know I'm super fly, I know I'm super fly, And then they touching on me Ooh, think it's vegetables Ooh, think it's edible Ooh, it's incredible Ooh, ooh, ooh I smell like bun number nine nine Section full of fine dimes Bitches staring at me saying wow I'm forgettable ooh. Like that King Cole Gucci huh. Berry White I'm singing to you A one-man show A human bankroll She lost in the sauce Cause Gucci got the glow